Blog Talk Radio. Quarters. Security, condition three. Thank you. Security three, sir. General quarters three. Intruder alert. GQ three. Intruder alert. Oh, well, there you go. You got an intruder alert, and that's it. I just stopped right there. Um, good evening and welcome once again to Madam Perry's Salon, the podcast with more celebrities than the inauguration. I am your host, cruise director and spiritual advisor, Madam Perry, and I'm here to bring you the best of the best in the entire world, and uh, and I'm very fortunate to be able to do it thanks to you because, um, as I've said lately, so many people have been subscribing, and of course, on podcast, you can subscribe, so you can listen live, or you can listen whenever you feel like it, whenever you have time. Uh, you can subscribe on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry, Podcast FM, Last FM. And I think there's probably some more that are making money off me that I don't even know about, but you can still, still subscribe. And uh, the more you subscribe and tell your friends, the more I'm able to bring you fascinating people here to entertain you, some that you already know that you love and some that are brand new, and, uh, brand new to you, maybe, and uh, just keep on thanks to you for you. Now, recently, oh, and, and when I say new new to you, it's because there sometimes I'll have guests who uh, maybe certain people aren't aware that they know or have heard of or they haven't heard of them, um, like when we had Allison Arngram, who is probably best known for her role, uh, ran many years playing Little Nellie on Prairie Home Companion, but she's also has a great book called Confessions of a Prairie Bitch, and uh, she does a lot of theater. She does um, Hollywood tours. She'll take you on a tour of stars' homes. Um, and she does, yeah, she travels around the country doing different kinds of theater. She does stand-up comedy, and she is absolutely hilarious. And uh, there were a lot of people that have said since that she was on that they bought her book, Confessions of a Prairie Bitch. You you just never know, um, you never know what people's lives are really like. But she's a fascinating woman and so, so funny. And um, I think she's going to be back on pretty soon, probably before Christmas. Um, also, you know, people say they learn new authors. Uh, giving shout-outs to my friends out there, Alan Brasington, um, who else has been messaging me this week? Kristen Lashley, Sean Tonar, uh, Mimi and Dana, all the people that have been telling me they've been listening. Oh, my friend Becky there, uh, Megan, everyone that's been listening and saying, you know, I learn new people, I learn new uh, about new books, new authors, new music, new thoughts, because sometimes we have serious shows on, too, like the... Uh, People from the, some of the teachers from the Oklahoma teacher strike were on a couple of months ago. And so it's, um, Madam Perry Salon should be a good place to gather and 
meet new people. And remember, the salon is supposed to be like a salon, like in the cultural salons of centuries past, where there was a patroness of the arts who gathered together authors and musicians and artists and um, general influencers and thought leaders of their day. And that is what we have here. And, uh, of course, you can call in and talk to the guests and ask them questions, and that's even cooler, too. So the number, if you want to call, is 646-716-9922. Now, if you listen, you know that I have really had an education in the last few years with this podcast on the world of horror, horror writers. You know, I just, I guess I liked it when I was a kid, didn't pay much attention for a while, and then these people started coming into my life to be on the podcast, and as I got to know them better, I thought, this is a fascinating group. So um, I have been very fortunate, especially, especially from uh, a particular publishing company called Crystal Lake Publishing, and several of their authors have been on Mercedes Murdoch Yardley, Jasper Bart. Mark, Gun- Mark Allen Gunnels, um, Tommy B. Smith, lots and lots of folks. And uh, they've got a new anthology out. It's the Tales from the Lake, Volume 5. And our dear friend, of course, Kenneth Kane, who's one of our favorite authors uh, that you can find at Crystal Lake Publishing. Kenneth Kane is just, he, he just fascinates you. He's a writing machine and just amazing and a lot of fun, too. Um but he wanted he called me a few months ago and said he wanted me to meet and and he wanted you to meet uh three of the authors on Tales of the Lake Volume Five, and they were Gemma Files, um, Laura Blackwell and Lucy Snyder. And we are so psyched and so excited to have Lucy Snyder here, and she's coming in here. I think she's almost here in the genie bottle. Let me go check the door. Just one minute. I want to see if she's... um... Oh, wow. It's much bigger in here than I thought it was. Cool. I love what you've done with the place. Thank you, thank you. It's just sort of a Moroccan via steampunk via horror. So, <laughs> is it okay? So, to, is it okay to sit down over here? Yes, yes. We've had the place cleaned ever since those suspense writers were here. Brett Cornell and uh, uh, Brett Wright and Rick Cornell. They left all the burritos here a few months ago, and uh, but we got the place cleaned out since then. So, yes, sit down in the fluffiest, most lovable cushion you can find and get comfy. Ooh, this is very nice. Thank you for inviting oh, me. Okay. Well, I am so thrilled to have you here. Listen, I have been out. I'm telling you, I am bragging everywhere I can, and I even used all caps to shout on social media. Five-time Bram Stoker award-winning author Lucy A. Snyder. I am so thrilled to have you here. That's that's quite a – that's just that line alone makes people sit up and go, you've got who? <laughs> you? <laughs> me, right here. So, um, well, you, you It's great to be here. Well, I am thrilled. I'm so happy. And I want you to be comfortable because we've got a lot to talk about. Um, for one thing, you know, Kev, uh, Kenneth said that you are one of the contributors to Tales from the Lake, Volume 5, and congratulations. So excited about that. Crystal Lake Publishing, never a clunker. There is everything there is such, a, a, such high quality. 
Yeah, they're one of the small presses that I really enjoy working with. And I've got to say, and just for just for the pleasure, of, I know I know you've got a lot of fans, a lot of fans that are probably listening live tonight, and will also be downloading it. And by the way, if you're new here, the download it's free to subscribe to Madam Perry Salon, and it's free to download as much as you want. And I want to keep it that way. Um, I don't have a sponsor tonight, but if you ever want to sponsor, folks, it's costs less than you think. That keeps me helping keep bringing cool people to you. Now, if I could. I want to just read some of your titles because your titles alone <laughs> are very engaging. <laughs> so, um, g- going from your website to getting the information um, and from all your fans and reading about you, it says um, La- Lucy A. Snyder, some of your titles, Spellbent. Shotgun Sorceress. That sounds like something from uh, that would have somebody with my kind of accent. Shotgun Sorceress. Uh, <laughs> Switchblade Goddess. Uh, you have a nonfiction book called Shooting Yourself in the Head for Fun and Profit. A Writer's Survival Guide. Very good. Uh, in collections, uh, While the Black Stars Burn, Soft Apocalypses, Orchid Carousel, Sparks and Shadows. Um and help me, uh, do you pronounce this chimeric machines? Chimeric, yes. Chimeric machines. And installing yes. Linux on a dead badger. <laughs> uh, your your work has been translated into French, Russian, Italian, Czech, Japanese. I've uh, been in publications, Apex Magazine, Nightmare Magazine, Pseudopod, Strange Horizons, Weird Tales, Scary Out There, Seasonal Night, and Best Horror of the Year. So with your... With your work in so many languages, you know, obviously that means you've got fans all over the world. And just so you know that I'm wanting to reach to your people and and further, um, every week, Blog Talk Radio lets us know where most of our listeners are. And consistently, I usually have my top two, then the top five, uh, the top two are, of course, the U.S. and Canada. And after that, it's either the UK, Australia, using switch back and forth between uh, two and three. I uh, see so UK, Australia, uh, Japan, and then the number five always seems to switch between Netherlands and Kazakhstan. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> so in all there, I'm reaching your people because that's got to be the best feeling to know that your books are translated in that many languages. You've got that many fans around the world. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I was really excited to get the um, Russian and French versions of my urban fantasy series when those got in the mail. I mean, it's it's really cool seeing your work uh, translated into a language you can't even read, although I suppose I could probably teach myself French by, you know, <laughs> kind of reading through Spellbent since I know how the story goes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know that that's really a good idea. Um, that's one thing I did when you know when I minored in Spanish was that I would get some books that I had already read, like Jackie Collins' books in Spanish or anything I could find, whether I read it already or not. Although with the Jackie Collins books, they did really increase my vocabulary. If you've ever read any of them, oh, I bet, I bet, yeah. <laughs> 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 And I actually, I she, she autographed. Book. Hmm? 
Hmm? Go ahead. No, you first, honey. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, they probably had some vocabulary in the books that you wouldn't have gotten in freshman Spanish. So there you go. Oh, you know that's right. Not even in my fourth year or fifth year. No. <laughs> and, I, and I did a semester in Madrid. I didn't even get it there. So, you know, yeah, definitely. And... Uh, <laughs> In fact, Jackie Collins autographed but when I saw the book and she goes, why'd you buy my book in Spanish? And I told her, you know, I said, well, you know, I want to work internationally and hey, I love your books. What better way to, to increase my vocabulary? She goes, that's wonderful. So, but, so yeah, read your books in French. How does it feel to, to hold them? And did you did you show them to people? Because I I would have to, I, I admit, I would be so excited. I'd have to show somebody, have you seen my book? Oh, can you read this? It's French. <laughs> I try not to be obnoxious about it, but, yeah, I've definitely shown them to people who I thought would appreciate it. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I'm sure the people that love you, they get excited, too, as much as you oh, do yeah, see them. Oh, yeah, they do. They do. Yeah. Okay. So, now, since you, since the, the, New, well, you got a couple, two new things coming up right now. Or actually, one just published, one coming up. But Tales from the Lake, uh, from Crystal Lake Publishing. Tell me about um, this. This is your first story that's been published by Crystal Lake. Am I right? Uh, no, I think I've been in some of their anthologies before. Um, oh, okay. Let me see. I should just do a web search. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I was in. I my story Hazelnuts and Yummy Mummies was in their anthology Behold Oddities, Curiosities, and Undefinable Wonders that came out uh, last year. Uh, Doug Morano was the editor for that, and I had a nonfiction piece called Well, That Escalated Quickly: Adventures in Teaching Creative Writing, which is on in their Writers on Writing Volume Two that came out in 2015. Okay. Oh, and I've also got a nonfiction piece called Networking at Conventions and their Horror 101 book. So I've, I've worked with them a couple times in the past. Oh, I've definitely got to get that um, thing. So tell us about then your story that's in Tales from the Lake, Volume 5. Okay. Uh, my story is called In the Family, and it's about a uh, the the main character who's kind of addressing the reader uh, is um, – a woman who's a former child star who has just gotten in touch with her niece and has invited her over while they're waiting for her twin sister to arrive. Um, and I can read some of that story if you'd like. Yeah, definitely. If you want to, uh, let's, let's hold off a minute just as, as a little teaser because I've got some sure. people that are starting to send in some messages to you. And, um, okay, sure. And by the way, if you want to, yeah, let's don't give everything away right at once. Uh, if you want to talk to, Laura, to Lucy Snyder, <laughs> you want to talk to Lucy Snyder or me, uh, the number is 646-716-9922. Blog Talk Radio promises me that it is a toll-free call in the continental U.S. And um, let's send uh, our friend David Hurley. Uh, he's the creator and editor of uh, Subtlety and Bookalage. And... Uh, David says he's he's listening. He's looking forward to uh, hearing you read. Thank you very much, David. And let's see, okay. And, and of course, your um, your 
co-contributor to that, uh, Gemma Files. I believe she's out there listening, and so is Kenneth Kane, who was the editor on this. So hi, Gemma. Hi, Kenneth. Hi, guys. Hey, and uh, let me ask you, and I've, I've got to come back to this, five-time Bram Stoker Award winner, what was it like the first time you won? Because when you, you probably know Mercedes Yardley. Mm-hmm. And the first time she won uh, Bram Stoker Award, she I interviewed her right after that. That was when I met her. And she said, you know, she was thrilled, she was excited, but she didn't expect to win. So when they called out the winner, the name of the winner, um, Mercedes, forgive me if you don't mean to tell this story, I won't tell it again. But she's so charming. She said, and I was just kind of like just picking nail polish off my nails, you know, just kind of (laughs) off the thought. And then I noticed everybody was quiet and looking at me. So. Great. And it's like with her, you know, she you you can just picture that, and it makes and yeah, it makes you love her even more. So, what was it like, if if you don't mind me asking, for you the very first time that you won that? Oh sure. Uh, the first the first thing I won for was for my poetry collection, Chimeric Machines. Um, that won for two thousand and nine, and that year, uh, World Horror was over in uh, the UK, and I couldn't make it out there, so. My husband Gary and I were uh, kind of uh, watching the live feed and listening to that, and uh, so when I heard that I won, we were both really, really excited and kind of doing the happy dance in his office. Um, so yeah, it was it was really, really cool. I mean, I didn't expect to win either, but you know, we were we were listening and waiting to see what would happen. Ah, um, yeah. And I guess you know you'll always remember that moment. When's, then, when's if I fast forward to the fifth one? I mean, please don't tell me it gets to be old hat. Tell me it's just as oh, cool. Oh no, not at all. It, it was cool. Um, yeah, my uh, my last one was for my collection, Love of Black Stars Burn, and yeah, that was very exciting. It's always it's always kind of a thrill to you know be at the uh, at the banquet and you know waiting and you know seeing you know how things go and all that. So yeah, it's always exciting. Now you've got another uh, collection coming out this month, the um, Garden of Eldritch Delights, and that's yes. I believe published on the 18th of October. Is that right? Yes, it is. Uh, yes, it is. Quick, it's a follow-up to my, yep, just a couple weeks. Um, getting very excited about that. Um, yeah, this is the follow-up to my collection, While the Black Stars Burn, uh, which came out in 2015. So it's been it's been a couple of years, uh, and this is the next one. A lot of the stories have similar themes to what I've been working with before. Like, you'll find a fair number of Lovecraftian and King and Yellow stories in there um, and some other dark science fiction and dark fantasy stories as well. well yes, and um, and by the way, folks, if you go, the website is Lucy Snyder, L-U-C-Y-S-N-Y-D-E-R.com. If you go to the website, and it's a fabulous website, by the way, you get lots of information on, on work and what she does, where you can see Lucy, but... Um, you know, you describe you know that you write in different subgenres of science fiction, fantasy, and horror, and 
And I think you mentioned, you know, dark, more of a dark, um, a darker style. Do people, and you've also written some, some zombie fiction and post-apocalyptic fiction. Um, and as you said, it's probably go Lovecraftian, steampunk, um, biopunk, weird westerns, alternate history, quiet horror. I've got to know what that means. And social science fiction. Um, I've got to know what that means as well as quiet horror. Do people sometimes expect you to, when they read about your work and read your work, do they seem to sort of expect you to be a very, I don't know, um, a very dark person, a very dark, maybe come out looking like they would expect Anne Rice to look or, or look very vampiric? You know, I haven't run into too many people who I guess have that expectation. Um, I'm I'm pretty much a jeans and T-shirt kind of person. Uh, so, I mean, I don't wear a lot of black simply because I've got four cats, and so I don't want to constantly be accessorizing with cat hair when I go out. Uh, so, you know, the all-black wardrobe is just not very practical, frankly, when you have a lot of pets. Um, you know, I'm, uh, I don't know, I, I am who I am, and, um, you know, so I don't dress, partic- dress particularly gothic or anything like that at this point, um, and honestly, I don't know a lot of horror writers who really do, you know, most of us are just, you know, pretty down-to-earth people, um, and, you know, all that, um, People more get surprised that I write in as many genres as I do. Like it's it's kind of like people have this expectation that you're going to fit in one box and just that one box. And you know, I try to do as many things as I possibly can. You, it also says on here that you write along with your husband Gary Bronbeck. How is it writing with your husband? Did you did you write together before you were married? Uh, yeah, we did. We collaborated on a couple of short stories before we got married. Uh, generally, how that works is that um, we'll kind of trade off. Like, we'll talk about the general idea for a story, and then one of us will do a very fast, very rough first draft, and then we'll pass it off to the other person who will flesh it out a bit more and maybe change some things. We just kind of pass it back and forth at that point until we've got a finished story that we're both happy with. And, and so, so just- fortunately... Go on. No, no, go ahead. I was just, and generally, we're on the same page with regard to how story structure should go and how characterization should go. So we haven't ever like really had any um, real big conflicts about where to take a story. Okay, that that's what I was asking because, you know, I I don't write anything like what you would, but my husband and I have been in a band together for years, <laughs> and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had another guest on once who also, well, she was on tour with her husband, who started off as her piano player years ago, and now she's touring as his backup singer. Uh, it's Amy Holland. Her husband's Michael McDonald. And okay. we were compa- we were comparing notes about what it was like to get with your husband, and then on the way home, you know, you're swearing you'll never do it again. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's not like that. It, it it really hasn't ever been traumatic. It just it does take a little longer. And so uh, just in the interest of time, we tend to do our own stories most of the time. But, um, yeah, so collaboration does take longer. It takes more iterations. It takes more talking about it and things like that. But it's certainly been a thing that I've enjoyed. Um, And it helps when you're working with somebody who can kind of set their ego aside, that they're more interested in the story being good than it necessarily being, you know, exactly the way they want it to be. Because those two mm-hmm. things aren't necessarily the same. 
Ah, uh, so true. Yeah, definitely. And uh, and and by the way, Amy and I both still like to work with our husbands, but you know, just now and then, you know, there's <laughs> a little yeah. difference of opinion. But uh, yeah, that's good. Well, listen, if you uh, again, if you want to talk to Lucy, and she's going to read for us in just a little bit, but I've got a recording to play uh, a message. Um, a message from someone to play first, and then after that, when we come back, <clears throat> if you want to call the number six four six seven one six nine nine two two, or if you want, some people message questions to me. So if you're on Facebook, you can find it on Jennifer Modette Perry, or you can find Madam Perry Salon, and you can send me a message. And that's for people who maybe don't want to call, want to call, but they're on a but they're on a day job or a night job, and they got to kind of slip it in sideways. That's just fine. We'll uh, we'll protect you, your um, anonymity on that. Uh, but just message it in, and I'll give the question to her. But right now, uh, I've got something to play, and then we'll be right back with more of Lucy Snyder. So Chuck, talk to us about Fisdale being the Knicks new coach what's your uh thoughts on that well well I'll, I'll tell you right now Ernie, it don't matter who gonna coach this team they don't got no talent on they it and i don't i don't really feel i talk that's kind of hard i don't feel i talk about the knicks right Do now talk about lunch no <laughs> what would you like to talk about chuck see Ernie, i've been listening to a podcast called madam Perry salon and i think jennifer Perry. She's a great host. I mean, she got all these bestseller authors, Rostar, all the dip comedians. What about people you that could, don't have rings? Here we go again. Real funny. Real funny. Ah, 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 but I think she's great, and I think people would love her show. She got a great laugh. She make, The laugh come out of nowhere, like an eagle come in there and just steal the whole show. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's not terrible. See, it's not terrible. I didn't think it was terrible, and uh, <clears throat> and it's and it's good to hear that validated. All right, just one more time. Let me tell you. Yes, here she is again, Lucy A. Snyder, five-time Bram Stoker Award-winning author. Um, Lucy, tell yes. us more. We were talking about um, about. Uh, Tales from the Lake, Volume 5, in your story. And can you read us uh, just a little teaser out of it? Sure. How much would you like? Just enough to reel them in, you know, whatever, a page or two. I have, there's something I have watched you read a couple of times on YouTube. And I don't did not write down the exact quote, but I remember every time I listen to this, it, it hits Different things hit me, but especially a line where you're talking about you're talking to a, the the character is talking to a woman and saying that she wanted to smile, uh, look like she's smiling, not like she's about to snarl and bite her or something. Was the feeling I got? Um, now I'm going to have to dig that up. But anyway, okay, you have a way of reading it that makes you feel like you're sitting right there with somebody watching it and, and thinking what they're thinking. So, yeah, just give us maybe, I don't know, just, just a Two just pages? A no. Yeah, it's good. Okay. All right. All right, this is called In the Family. Hi, come in, come in. It's so good to finally meet you. Christy told me so much about you. She just texted me. She got stuck in traffic on the 101, but she'll be here as soon as she can, and then we can all head out to dinner. Would you like something to drink? 
Looks like my sister made some lemonade, and there's a pitcher of sangria if that's more your speed. Sorry, it looks like she's out of bottled water, but there's tap. It's an older house, and sometimes the pipes are a little funky. All right, lemonade it is. I can tell you some of the family stories about Christy if you like. She thought she'd never find you, but thank God we have all these great genetics databases now, right? It's so much easier to reconnect with lost family. We can make up for all that lost time. No, I had no idea you existed, not until Christy told me a few months ago. You'd think she'd have let her own twin sister know about her pregnancy, wouldn't you? But that was a rough time for her, and we hadn't been close for a few years. We were close when we were little kids, but Ferndale family files drove a bit of a wedge, I'm afraid. Oh, you hadn't heard that story? My sister started acting before I did. She loved television, and when she saw a casting call for eight-year-old girls for a new sitcom, she begged my mom to let her go. And so she prepared a monologue. I helped her practice it and even practiced her singing and dancing just in case. Her excitement about the whole thing was pretty contagious. But she came down with a stomach bug the day before the audition, and there was no way she could go. And, you know, just on impulse, I asked her mom if I could go to the tryout instead. I knew her monologue just about as well as she did, and why not? I killed it. They cast me as Sally Ferndale, and the rest is history. But, unfortunately, Christy didn't deal with the situation very well. To say that she was upset that I got to star in a sitcom and she didn't, uh, that's a huge understatement. She was inconsolably angry for a really long time. Outraged, really. It was just the worst injustice in her mind. We all figured she'd get over it, and she did seem to calm down after a bit, but our relationship was never the same. She harbored a grudge for a very long time, even if she wouldn't admit to it. Couldn't admit to it. Our mother didn't approve of grudges, especially not for girls. Sugar and spice and all that, right? Sometimes I think everything would have been better if they just put the two of us in a boxing ring and let Christy really give it to me. Just get all that resentment and bitterness out of her system, you know? Men seem to be able to do that kind of thing. Be violent and move on. Oh, no, I didn't know about what Larry Flaxman was doing when I was on the show. I did know that my ghost star, Jennifer, she played the middle sister, started acting strange in the midway through the first season. And, in hindsight, he was clearly paying inappropriate attention to her. I guess the adults who saw it happening were quick to pretend it was all innocent because he seemed like such a great guy. It seemed like we were all one big happy family, on screen and off. And, after all, he was the star. He was the one punching everybody's nail ticket. But I believe her story and the other girls' stories. 100%, no question. No, I was too young for him. People call him a pedophile, but that's not exactly the right term. Pedophile? Yeah, that sounds right. He went after girls who were 13 or 14. The show didn't run long enough for me to enter his window of attraction. Looking back, I have no doubt he was a predator, precisely because he seemed like such a great guy. That's how they operate. They accumulate social capital and plausible deniability. They build sympathy. If your prince charming to 95% of the people 95% of the time, nobody believes that 5% when you drop the mask and show who you really are. It takes a great actor to pull that off. Think about it. He had to pretend to be two completely different people for years, 24-7. As awful as he is, I can admire his artistry. He taught me so much about the craft of performing and how to survive in this wolf-eat-dog business. But that's not part of your mother's story, is it? Well, our mom saw how upset she was and encouraged me to keep an eye out for gigs for her. But she got her own agent and landed a modeling deal, which ironically was the thing I'd wanted to do when we were little. So I don't know if her becoming a model was just the universe having a sense of humor or if she deliberately took that opportunity over others out of spite. Do you want some more? 
<laughs> I'm really into this. All right, give, 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 me, give me two more paragraphs, okay? <laughs> okay, sure. All right, for, for, for me and Gemma, because Gemma's listening too with me right now, okay? <laughs> okay, cool. I'll give you another couple paragraphs. Modeling was fine until she reached her mid-teens. Larry wasn't the only predator around, not by a long shot. She was like this perfect, luscious canopy to half the people she met. They just wanted to eat her up, and she loved all that attention. There were parties and drugs. She ended up in a relationship with a guy in his 20s, Brock Thurman. Mom and Dad did not approve, not at all, and they tried to get her clear of that, but Brock was incredibly charismatic and had Christy snowed. And we heard a rumor he was a part of some cult somewhere. Anyhow, Christy turned 16 and sued for emancipation and got it, and she disappeared off the map for three years. That's when she had you and then gave you up for adoption. Yes, we figured that Brock was your biological father, but it's hard to be sure. We never knew a lot about him. I only met him one time. He was good-looking for sure. Gorgeous brown eyes and thick lashes, like yours. His father was a record exec, I think. He had plenty of money, but no steady job that we could see. Had some bit parts and shows and did a little, a little modeling himself. I'm pretty sure that's how they met. I heard a rumor his father cut, father cut off his money, and so they got sucked into doing porno movies, but I don't know about that. Frankly, I don't want to know. <laughs> All right, great. <laughs> All right, very good. That extra two just really sealed it. Oh, great, great work, Lucy. And <laughs> thank you for well, reading you. it to us. Uh, yes, if you want to find out what happened with Christy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I want to find out. And this thing is, too, with this whole Crystal Lake is that, you know, as an entertainment publicist, I work with a lot of uh, new authors, indie small press, and I always try to impress upon indie authors you got to start promoting ahead of time. You don't wait until your book is there. It's too late. It's still, you're going to have a hard time getting it in, you know, magazines and certain places. And yet, with especially with this anthology, Crystal Lake has been teasing and taunting and bringing. It. I haven't even got a cover to put on uh, when I promote it. So that's why I used the, the old uh, the t one of the t-shirts from Crystal Lake. So uh, right. now we've just just. Um, further that that little tease game and that's all right uh so yes yeah, so if you want to know you've got to get the book tales from the lake volume five from crystal lake publishing now uh, if i could ask you since i've got i think we've got about 10 more minutes um unless there's something else you want to go to you've got so much going on in your on your website uh with things that you do and especially you I know you speak to a lot of group. You teach. You're, you're listed as author, editor, instructor, media writer. Um, you've written for games, media tie-in books, and and with the names and these everybody knows. X Files, Hellraiser, Doctor Who, Shadow Run. Um, can you talk a little about that and, and what you do and or what you can tell us? Oh, sure. Yeah. Like I've been uh, writing for various media properties for a while. I just finished a gaming tie-in story uh, this past weekend, but I don't think I'm authorized to like really talk about that yet. Um, okay. I'm doing on, uh, writing for an online game that's uh, uh, called Fish Wrangler, and I'm finishing up a Halloween level for them. Uh, that I'm going to be working on for the next couple of days. Um, I also do a lot of developmental editing for uh, private clients, and I'm 
an instructor in the Seton Hill University Master of Fine Arts program in writing popular fiction. I've been doing that for several years now. Um, in terms of editing, I and I and Michael Bailey are co-editing Carol Med 4, which will be out probably by the end of the month from uh, the publisher Written Backwards. Uh, we're just finishing up a few uh, like layout details and waiting on our introduction and things like that. So we're excited about that book. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, so I try to keep busy. Wow, no kidding. Um, let me ask you this. When you teach, do you have people that uh, sign up for your classes and then they're surprised at who you are or some that come on that, oh, my God, I read your books, or some that get on just because of who you are? Uh, it's been a mix. Um, I haven't done a lot of classroom teaching. More what I do for Seton Hill is I do lead some workshops at their residencies, uh, but most of what I do is work one-on-one with their uh, master's students, uh, evaluating their manuscripts and progress and, you know, providing general advice and that type of thing. Um, I am going to be teaching a class uh, through the Odyssey online workshop starting in January. I'm going to be uh, teaching a class on uh, writing better description. Um, and I don't know what the student population is going to look like for that one. Um, but usually it's it's a mix. People sometimes uh, sign up with me because they knew who I am as a writer. Other people just like the looks of what I'm offering in terms of my services. So. Okay. And, and by the way, I'm not going to press you, Matt, no matter how much I want to know about the other information about the game, because I'm also under two NDAs right now for cable, t- gotcha. different cable TV shows. So I know it's cool. You'd love to tell, but you can't yet. Not quite yet. <laughs> no, and I've signed so many things. I'm scared to even tell people I got to leave the house. So. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, I'm laughing at myself there. Um, another thing, like I said, your your website is just fa- fantastic. Um, another thing that I find Thank on you. here is um, you. You have an online serial? Uh, yes, oh. that is uh, being run through the Broken Eye Books Patreon, um, and I'm writing a Lovecraftian space opera uh, for them that's called Blossoms Black and Like Dead Stars. Oh. And just that title, Blossoms Black and Like Dead Scars, that Dead Stars, Um Fantastic. And does this have anything to do, um, you said it's a contribution to to Lovecraftian space opera anthology. Um, I understand. You didn't say this, but I'll say it. Publishers Weekly praised it as superbly creepy. Yes, they did. I'd feel good about that. Yeah, I'm I'm pleased that they enjoyed the story. The original story that the serial is an expansion on uh, was in their anthology, Ride the Star Wind, and uh, that's been pretty well received. Um, and then uh, the editor at Broken by iBooks was basically saying, hey, would you consider expanding this story into a serial? And so that's what I've been doing. Oh, man. So do you... Do you have moments when you're writing the stories? I hear different people talking about writing fiction, and since I don't write fiction, what I write is more like humorous essays. 
or some dark humor. But <clears throat> are there times when the characters just sort of become like friends, like fun, sort of like take you on a ride with them? Because I've heard people say the story, sometimes the characters write the story. But, and your characters are so fantastic, especially in your Lovecraftian type work or influenced work. They've definitely taken over. Um, when I was writing my first novel, Spellbent, I had originally planned for um, the main character is a young sorceress named Jessie Shimmer, um, and she has a familiar named Pal who's in the body of a ferret. Um, I had originally, when I envisioned um, the core story, I kind of thought that Pal might get killed off early. But then Pal just became this such a cool character that I thought, you know what, there's there's really no reason to kill him, you know. Let's let's keep him <laughs> around and see what he does. And he's become, you know, a, a major second character throughout the series. But, yeah, that was definitely, a, a, definitely an instance where a character that I had originally figured was going to be kind of disposable kind of said, oh, no, I'm not disposable, keep me around. And, and so I, I did. <laughs> Uh, just reading some of the reviews of, of spell, just some excerpts of uh, reviews of Spellbent um, from uh, Love a la Mode. It's a book with balls, big meaty ones. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, let's see, uh, horror fiction review. Snyder's first Jesse Shimmer novel is a lot of fun to read, loaded to the brim with action, monsters, and surprises around every corner. Shimmer is a tough-as-nail, smart female lead who I think most genre fans will take to before the second chapter ends. <laughs> and, and uh, oh, Graham's, this is always love Graham's fantasy book reviews. Uh, Snyder's real strengths lie in the telling a story brimming with energy and attitude. You can't help but throw yourself on for the ride. <laughs> I just thought, you know, sometimes when you read, you know, I know with me when I read a review like that, that's just kind of like, okay, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> so, this sounds like a good way to spend some time. Do were, were those some, I hope those were some of the reviews that you liked. Uh, yeah, they were, they were. He did, and just while you just want to read again because of the five the five works that received Bram Stoker Awards were uh, fiction, while the black stars burn, soft apocalypses, um, and this is nonfiction shooting yourself in the head for fun and profit or writer survival guide, uh, your short story Magdala Amygdala, and the poetry collection Chimeric Machines, and again, right. you you've got all the bragging rights. Um, a writer could want so that's fantastic i'm just so so excited one more thing though that i saw i always like to look on events and see where authors go where they've been what's going on and your event section mentioned something called monthly chats right uh those are through my patreon um and so people who uh support me through patreon uh can participate in monthly writing chats when we when we have those i uh didn't have one last month because we got really busy, uh, but I'm planning to have one in the coming month. Mm, okay. And we've had well, various we've had various guests like agents and editors and people like that coming in to talk to my supporters. 
Sweet. I like that. I like that. Well, that is fantastic. And, of course, Gemma Files out there listening. Gemma, she's going to be on hopefully in the next two weeks. Um, I've got to uh, schedule her on. We've had two uh, dress rehearsals at this, and uh, so it's going to be fun. Uh, much success, Lucy Snyder, for you with everything that you do with Hell to Lake Volume 5 coming up from Crystal Lake Publishing, uh, Garden of Eldritch Delights. Also, um, I will have Lucy's social media on all of mine, her her website address, Lucy A. Snyder, LucySnyder.com, also um, her Twitter, everything that she's got, I will be sharing it on all of my social media for you, so don't worry if you didn't get it written down. And uh, we certainly look forward to you coming back soon. Thank you. You are so welcome. Thank you. 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 Thank